What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Got Captain Ozzy on here today. We're going to talk with you all about wintertime speckled trout fishing here in North Carolina. We both do a lot of it uh, and in very close close to each other, but in very different bodies of water where the fish can act very, very differently and we're catching them in different areas um, using different tactics. So it's always fun to talk with, with Ozzy as the seasons change about his trout fishing versus my trout fishing. And we share a lot of water as well, but we also have... You know, he, he cuts his teeth in an area that, that's a good bit different than where I, I cut my teeth. So um, we'll bring him on here in a second. I want to thank our buddy, Eric Williams. Uh, he's a realtor here in town. He's helping my wife and I look her piece of property right now to build a house on. Um, he does any type of, of realty work, um, whether you're looking to buy or sell land, commercial, or just uh, a, your, a house. I don't know all the, all the terms, guys. But check out check out Eric. I'll have him linked in the, uh, in the description here. And uh, you should definitely give him a shout if you're looking to buy or sell. Also, want to thank iStrike Fishing um, and the Release Over 20 campaign. And I will have the stuff for that linked in here as well. But we'll uh, we'll get going. We'll start talking about some trout fishing, and and we'll we'll talk a little bit about Release Over 20 and kind of me and Ozzy's opinions of of keeping big trout, killing big trout, all that. So I'm um, gonna bring him on now. What's up, brother? Hello. I just clicked a button. I'm sorry. You're good. I, I can hear you. I can see you. <laughs> Hello, everybody. What's How's going on? Clicking. <laughs> so if you uh, if you haven't seen our past episodes with Ozzy, you should definitely go back and check him out. He's definitely a crowd favorite, uh, and especially my mom is obsessed with you. She loves your episodes. She's like, you need to have that Ozzy guy on more. He's awesome. And I think she finished that painting that she did of you. I think it was releasing the trout over the side of the boat, so I need to get her to send me a picture of that. Oh, um, man. Yeah. You told me that the last time you had me on. I'm super excited to see it. Yeah, for sure. She was she liked that picture a bunch. So nice. Um, but yeah, so let's talk a little bit about about wintertime trout fishing. And, and it's been a different winter. And I mean, I, I, so I look a lot into the farmer's almanac as as seeing what a you know it usually predicts pretty well if we're gonna have a cold winter or a warm winter or dry or wet winter. Mm. Same with the summers, and it was it was calling for such a frigid cold winter this year, and it, that mm. our section of the East Coast really has not seen you know, extended cold temperatures. And I feel like that's kind of hurt us as far as our trout fishing goes this year. Um, what have you been seeing kind of in your area as far as the trout fishing goes? I've seen feast or famine. Yeah. Um, if I had to put a title on this trout season, feast or famine. Yeah. You can have a record breaking day. Um, or you might have to capitalize on the three bites you get. Yeah. Um, but if I were to say something to any trout fisherman, is it, well, this goes for any winter but especially this winter the winter we're having like it's 75 degrees the water temp was 65 today or 64 point something today don't put your top waters away yeah uh, that's been killer for me this winter um and don't be scared of throwing it in depth neither uh, yeah i've done really really good doing that this winter um sorry that's my dog <laughs> you're good I'm surprised my pup's not yapping. He must be sleeping. Um, but yeah, it's been weird. It's like I said, we go, we got really cold for like a week, and everything was kind of normal, what you would think it should be. And um, I keep a pretty mean fishing log. Uh, I try to be diligent about that. Yeah. It gets a little lazy in the summer when everything gets crazy, but um, in the winter I get pretty diligent about it. For sure. Because I feel like spring and fall it really matters to have that because everything's moving and changing. And then um, once everything gets into a pattern, you can kind of get lazy with it. But, um, yeah, looking back, 
it's not like it was last year. I feel like we'll say that from every, every year from now on out. But, I would love two or three years in a row where we're like, man, this was exactly like last year. <laughs> yeah, yep, for sure. That's one of the biggest thing I learned is like, I, and I, I talk to a lot of people just like you do, and it was like I tried keeping a fishing log, but it didn't matter because right. it changes. So, you know, it didn't do the same thing as last year. But what I did find is there's like three-year cycles or four-year cycles, whatever it is. This year might be like 2014, or this year might be like you know what I mean. So yeah, for sure. It'll come. It's all back cyclical. In. It kind of it, it's it's like this rotating wheel. With, you know. Yeah, but I, even I mean it's it's our job. But I think as an avid angler, if you want to kind of um, bump it up a little bit, if you don't keep a fishing log, just be observant. Yeah, definitely. It helps me because I'm scatterbrained as is to write it down and stuff. But um, I think if you're observant, you'll start to notice trends. Time on the water over everything, but if you spend that time being observant of your surroundings and your environment, and, oh, this was like the other year or whatever, right? You know what I mean, then you can start to be super productive out there, and especially trout because they are um, so finicky, and, and but they're so aggressive, but they're so finicky. But I think that's what goes into making them – one of the ultimate sport fish with the paper thin mouth and the aggressive and the aggression, the head shakes, yeah. but they're not honest fish either. Like right. just because you have the right lure in the right spot and work it right. doesn't mean you're going to catch that fish. I mean, it, it takes a level of finesse to be a, a, a successful trout fisherman. I right. think. And I think that's the draw for me. Yeah, man, I agree. I, I like how they can just make you question everything. Like you think you get them figured out and you, that, I think the more you fish, the more you like an animal like that that pushes you to have to think about it and not just mm-hmm. go out there and be. And I think that's why sometimes redfish get a little old to me because yeah. a lot of times, you know, unless the water's real cold or they're insanely pressured fish, don't get me wrong, love sight fishing. I love the visual aspect of that part of the game of making the correct cast and retrieve. Yeah. But I, I do like a fish that sometimes you do everything perfect and they still say no. Like the, it makes okay. you, the wheels turn, it makes you think about it. Speaking about, you're you're talking about fish logs and keeping track of things, and and really what I've, there's so many little nuances that you can keep track of that will definitely be helpful. But if you're going to pay attention to one thing, especially through the winter, I think water temperature is the most important one, based upon where the fish are going to be, where the fish are like, for redfish and trout, because, um, I, I know last year, was the first year that that I had records to look back at about water temperatures for redfish, mm-hmm. um. And certain areas that would historically get schools year after year, I had written down what the water temperature was when I first encountered the fish in those areas. Mm-hmm. And three of those different spots, as soon as the water temperature hit the that temperature that I was seeing them show up there the year before, within a day yep. or two, those fish were in that spot. And so it, I think that that can be, and I don't know how you feel about that up, up in your area, especially for trout. Like I have not done that type of, I know there's certain people like my buddy fishes the jetty a lot for trout and he's got a specific water temperature that he's, if it's a degree or two around that, he's going to be on the jetty every single chance he gets fishing for trout. If it's not that temperature, he's not really focusing in that area. So um, how do you, do you feel like that's a pretty driving fact? It might not be what's going to get him to eat, but it might be what's yeah. going to get him in those areas. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So I do look at the temperature, but I only look at the temperature because I think in transition periods, I think it the, the the temperature drives the depth most sure. of the time. I don't think that's a blanket statement, and especially not if you're talking about um, red. Right, right. Um, they're just an honest 
um, down and dirty fish. They'll just they'll be in shallow water no matter what. You can almost always count on them. If it's in the winter, then they're just going to get up there and warm up and head back to the deep holes. But, but as far as the trout go, I find my temperature depicts my depth a little more. Um, that's so. I, to your point, I think you're absolutely right. I agree 100%. I know what I need to do based on temperature. For sure. I just think you could probably look at you could probably drop temperature sometimes and just look at your depth, or vice versa, because those two things are going to mirror each for other. For sure. For they 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 re, they go to hand in hand. Yes, yeah. and that's not blanket statement I right, probably right. viewers are like well that's not true because in this spot like it, it there's definitely anomalies to that but uh, generally speaking those are the, those two i feel like drive each other and um one of the biggest keys for sure one of the biggest keys to consistently finding trout throughout transition and, and different seasons and stuff that i look at so i think that's one of the best parts about fishing kind of what we're talking about is is there's there's definites that are never 100 percent definites like you know, you can like have this super hard rule, but sometimes it's going to be broken. And I think that's what keeps you on your toes and keeps it exciting. Um, at least I learned for me. Yeah, no, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, but I learned really quick to just stop saying facts. Like <laughs> yeah. I look so dumb more than once. You get a group on the boat and like, they're going to blah, da, da, da. Nope. They do the complete opposite. Then you look like a fool. So, Oh, it's always when I say what they're never going to, I never see them in this little section right here. So if you want to grab yeah. a drink or something, I'll pull us down and I'm like, Oh, get back up there. There's a group coming down the bank. It's like, it's always, yeah. So I, sometimes I try to just say things that aren't going to happen just so they will. That little reverse yeah, psychology against mother nature. <laughs> so what I say now, and any, if any of my clients were to watch this, they will attest to this. But I say, this is what we're going to do. This is what I expect the fish to do. But then I end, like, I, I caveat that, like, but fish don't play by a certain set of rules, so we're going to kind of keep it fluid. But uh, <laughs> okay. I, if I had a dime for every time I said, well, fish don't play by a certain set of rules, um, I used to get so – I've worked in tackle shops since I was, like, 15 or 16. I was super fortunate from yeah. Rusty's Bait and Tackle straight into Eastern Outfitters where I worked for a long time. And I used to get so frustrated. You'd be like talking about fish or whatever, and there's always some old di- old dude by the coffee maker. Well, fish got tails. You know, ah, I couldn't find. Them. Well, fish got tails. Right. I remember there was always some old dude at the coffee maker. Well, fish got tails. So, yeah, they they definitely <laughs> guessing and the they got tails and they got mouths and butts, and that's about all they got. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Man, it's it's funny, especially trout, man. I think trout make more people lose their hair than any other fish. Maybe tarpon as well, because tarpon are one of those fish that, like, you can sit there and look at them all day, but if you're not in the right area, throw them the right thing, they, they're not going to eat, you know, and I feel like that's what a trout is, and I feel like those are the kind of fish that separate, you know, like, people who like to fish from anglers, you know, people who really take it seriously as a science and a sport, and um, yep. I, I recorded a podcast the other day with this guy named Justin Carter down in South Carolina, and he said, I'm probably going to butcher, butcher this a little bit, but I really liked it. He's like, Fishing is the only sport in the world where we rely on a you know an animal to decide yes or no if it's going to eat what we're what we're showing it. So it's like we can we need to be as prepared as we possibly can because there's always this one unknown variable. Like yep, if it, if it's basketball or any other sport, you know it's a little more controlled. Like you, I don't know, maybe not as much. I don't. I'm not a sports guy, so I really don't know. But yeah, um, dealing with something that just has a mind of its own and can say yes or no. It, it, requires yeah. us to be as prepared as we can so well not what i like about it and someone just who said this the other day 
I can't remember. They were on the boat with me, nonetheless. Somebody said that um, something about when preparation meets opportunity, that's what it's all about. But anyways, what I like about it is it's up to us to eliminate every human factor, like no human errors, right. and we still might come up goose egg because especially if we're talking about trout fishing. And um, I think that's what I enjoy about it is trying to eliminate every possible, you know, um, even the possibility of that being a possibility. I mean, you go, right. we fish fluorocarbon leaders, and we, we this hook and that hook, you know what I mean? We go, I, especially me, I take stealth to the extremes. I mean, I'm running long leaders and all this other stuff, and so um, <coughs> I, I like trying to trying to eliminate all those errors, but um, like you said, we, we still got to rely on the fish being fish. When I first got into God and there's um, – there's a really old guide tied up to the other side of the dock. We ended up being pretty good friends, but um, he told me right when I started started this thing, he's like, well, there's three things <coughs> happen. He's like, you've got to do your job as the guide. The angler's got to do their job as the angler. Excuse, excuse my language, he said, but the fish got to do their damn job. <laughs> and he pushed away from the dock. It was, it was I'll never forget it. But that's awesome. That's exactly right. The fish got to do their job too, and um, and with with trout. I mean, I'm enamored with the species. Um, if if I could sight fish trout, that's all I would do. But you just they're not as visual, so they're not. You you should go spend some time in Mosquito Lagoon. Not that I haven't been successful doing it, but they you'll that's a place where you can at least cast to them. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. say you're gonna be able to get them to eat, but I remember my first time down there. We were like, what are those tarp? Like baby tarpon laid up. And we're, we're throwing to them, and they'd spook in some way. I mean, but yeah, it's it's a if you could sight fish a trout, man, I feel like it's like sight fishing a laid up. It would be like sight fishing a laid up, a pissed off laid up tartan. Yeah, like, so. they're they're hump. I the ones I've seen in the shallow water. A, they're always hammers. Like for some reason, I don't see small in the shallow water that I'm in. I don't yeah. see small trout. When I do see a trout, he's a stud. I mean, yeah. he's an absolute hammer of a fish. And he doesn't care what you do. He doesn't care what you throw. One day he's going to eat. And for five hours on Instagram, I'm going to be the man because it's going to be sick. Right. But, um, no, nah, they, they're always big in shallow water, but they, I, they're just so elusive in shallow water. Um, and But I have heard stories. Uh, my father-in-law has been down there, and he's telling me all about it and stuff. But um, I, I would go crazy man definitely trout has my heart that's what i first fell in love with fishing but since that i fell in love with sight fishing and i if those two worlds could meet man i'd it's probably best i never go down there because <laughs> I'd, I'd end up being down there yeah for sure for sure um well I, you said you like to throw topwater all this time of year which you know i feel like a lot of guys that catch big trout in the winter look for the days that they can get fish to eat top water because a lot of times that's when a big fish will slip up in the winter mm-hmm. you know these warmer patterns like we've got right now would probably be today probably be a great day to go through a top water for for trout yep. so um, yeah are there some other go-to lures uh and we can even talk about right now as well as one you know normal winter patterns because it's freaking 80 degrees right now mm-hmm. um but but what i a lot of times what i tell people like if you want to target bigger trout in the winter wait for these warmer days like so we've got this warm pattern right now i think the day before it flips cold what is it sunday it's going to flip cold again that last 12 16 hours leading up to that is probably a great day to go catch a big fish would you agree with that 100 percent. i think i've said this before on this show but 
I'm a huge barometer guy. Yeah. Huge barometer guy. Inside of that, I'm gonna get you a shirt made with a barometer on the back that said, "I'm a huge barometer guy." (laughs) You know how much crap I caught for that? He was like, "If you say if you say barometer one more time on that show, da 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 da." But uh, and then my good buddy, he was like, "For Christmas, I'm getting you a barometer to put on your boat." Da da. Anyways. Gotta um, start casting. It's dropping. It's dropping. <laughs> That's funny. But I am, yeah. But with that being said, you said it's going to be a good time to go fishing because the barometer's going to be dropping. Right. Um, and right before that front gets here, there, it's probably going to be, probably going to be on. Yeah. Um, if you're able to wake up after your New Year's Eve festivities and go fishing, I would. Yeah. Because it's going to be, um, it's going to be good. Um, but you asked me about lures. It's a one knocker spook. One-knocker spook, certain color? Yeah, but it's only a superstition. I don't think it matters necessarily. If the bottom of it's bone, you're good. Bottom um, of it's bone. Well, you need to come over here one day soon, and we'll paint you up the Captain Ozzy special, and we'll talk about it on the next podcast. We'll do like a, a – because i got a bunch of blank one-knockers. i got a bunch – got the airbrush gun ready to go. We'll, we'll do a little custom. Write the word barometer on it? Yeah. <laughs> nah. Um, I definitely can I thought about I've more than once thought about getting into that, um, but that just too many hobbies. I've already tie in and all this other stuff and I was like, I know it's gonna be something I get set up for and then and then don't ever pay your top water and That's kinda how I did. I did it hard for like a year and then mm-hmm. and now I got a bunch of halfway done got about twenty <laughs> halfway done top waters over there. I need one more cut of epoxy on them, but yeah, um, it but, is fun. Same thing as top fly tying. It's just cr- being creative, thinking about what the yeah. fish want, thinking about what you want. So, yeah. yeah. As long as it, for me, I just I throw the little trout. I don't know what the I don't know what heading calls the color, but it's just like uh, it's silver. We got black dots on it. I think the bottom of it's bone, um, or I like a bone one too. Um, but I also seen a pink skitter walk change my mind a couple times. Full size pink skitter walk. Yeah. Um, a guy that I fish with a lot, he swears by it. I mean, if he's on the boat, one's tied up. Yeah. And um, I was like, nah, nah, man, it's the one knocker, da 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 da, you know, talking it up. And then he whoops me on a skitter walk, and I'm like, well, <laughs> I, had to, I had to buy a whole peg of skitter walks after that. So I keep bringing this up on this, on podcast because it's just been sitting on my table for like two months. But this is that new heading size. It's the yeah. Super Spook. Uh, how do you say it? Bo- boyo? Boyo? It's like yep. a two-inch topwater plug. I feel like it could be a productive one-time plug as well. I've got all these random like topwater lures here that I bought. This one I haven't fished, but I think a trout would probably wreck this thing. It's got like a little blade oh, in the middle. Man. So you can you can kind of walk the dog and you get this like metal clanky noise as you as you work it. So. Um, man, that thing looks bad. I've not even seen that I'm yet. Excited. It's a fresh. It's a bass lure. Mm-hmm. But I bought it for trout. I think that, and look, it's kind of like a little bit of a bone color under there. Maybe not exactly bone, but. Yeah. So that's what I thought about the Whopper Plopper when it came out. Have and, you done good on the Whopper Plopper with y'all? Yeah, we've caught a couple when it was new. Yeah. But um, I'm really bad about not being open-minded when it comes to tackle. Yeah. Um, like, I'd, I've got what I like, and that's that's kind of, I, I struggle to, I struggle to um, get away from that. Um They'll they'll get on me sometimes in the shop here at Eastern Outfitters in Hampstead, uh-huh. and like they'll like you do this this and this and this, and then same th- same thing with brands. Like if I find a brand that I like really, really like Temple Fork or or I used to not even like Dial Reels, and then Dial will come out with the Fuego, and they all 
busted my chops when I started buying up the Fuegos. They were like, what the heck, you know? That's awesome. But, uh, I'm bad. I'm in one knocker spooks, MR27s, um, 17s. Um, I love Ned rigs too. And that's newer. I did start to branch out because once I recognized that, I was like, I got to start trying some new stuff right. here. Um, but especially, too, especially guiding, that's not really when I branch out. I'm like, use these. These are what what's trusted. Um, but we were actually fishing in the New River the other week. I actually hopped on a good buddy of mine's boat. Um, I just got in town from, from Tennessee, and I needed to go fishing because I hadn't for like four days. So I hopped on his boat, and he pulled out a Catch 2000. And I hadn't fished one in years. And it was a color that I did like a lot for the river. and But I was super hesitant. We were like, we were sitting in deep water. I was like, what? The Catch 2000 in deep water? I normally, that's a three, four, you know, three to five foot bait for me. Right. And uh, lo and behold, man, it was it was on. That's, That's all awesome. they wanted to eat That's was the Catch awesome. 2000. So that kind of speaks to, you know, trying trying other stuff uh, or whatever. But, uh, he, of course, what did Ozzy do? Go to the tackle shop. I bought a peg of Catch 2000. So. <laughs> you sound um, like me, man, when something works. I mean, that was like me with a 3DS minnow. The first time I ever went out and fished a 3DS minnow and it worked, I bought like probably $75 worth of 3DS minnows after that. And I still love them. They, they work great, but... Uh, man they'll cancel them on you they'll quit making them yeah they will like like what's that um vmc sure sets yeah yeah they why would they quit making those i loved them yeah like i got burned that time i didn't buy them up and uh they quit making them and i was like oh no so i had to go find another brand that made something kind of similar but for sure uh, that's another thing i swear by i swear by Sure sets. Sure sure set. Yeah. Half yeah. that long shank goes a long ways. Yeah, I agree. Getting that hook down a little bit deeper, more time for it to catch when you're setting the hook, I feel like is really yep. what it boils down to. Um, have you, you fished the the twitch and wrap? The that real popular bait up in the Pamlico that they don't make anymore? That ball so, bait? There was a guy down here in Sneeds Ferry who was he he played sort of like a mentor role when it comes to um, becoming like a trout fisherman. He yeah. he was a stellar angler, and um, so but he swore by twitch and wrap, and he showed me what it was and all this other stuff. And I fished it a couple times, and and they, man, it caught fish. Of course, you eventually I lost it, and I don't have it anymore. Don't have any of them anymore, and struggle to find them. But it's he's one of those guys like if he says it, it's kind of the gospel. Like you. You believe what he says, and right, right. Um, he the, he has a basement full of them. He was kind of the guy we're talking about goes and buys them up, and uh, he loves them. And he, this is a big trout guy, yeah. Um, so I definitely think that's something to have in the arsenal, hundred percent. Yeah, that's a cool bait, them, man. I, yeah, I would throw more of them if I had them for sure. Part of me wants to, God, be cool to get it. Like they're they're still around. Get a couple of them and try to make that mold. Or I guess you would just have to whittle them out of out of boss and figure out how they're weighted. Yeah. Kind of weight them and make your own baits. But that, those, a lot of big fish come on those baits, man. Yeah, yeah. That purple was, and white, and the, there's a chartreuse, and uh, yeah, they're they're cool baits, very cool baits. It it got to the point with that bait. Um, we would you know that one v one trout series out of yeah. Jacksonville. Uh, we would all come back to the ramp after fishing whoever you fished that day, and everybody struggled and. Here comes that guy. He, I had a great day. I had four fish over seven pounds. Da, 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 da. There's a freaking twitching wrap. So <laughs> that my my opinion definitely changed about that after hearing him rant and rave about a twitching wrap. But you know trout fishermen too. Not saying this guy's dishonest, but 
You got it. You can be the most honest person in the world, and you're the 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 most evil lying trout fisherman there ever was. <laughs> you got to take it with a grain of salt at the boat ramp, right? I right. mean, but who who cares if it's a twitching wrap and they don't make it anymore, and he's got five thousand no. of them in his in his shop? Then yeah, talk about right. It. <laughs> Piss everybody off that they can't get it. Yeah. Um, I have heard that if you order X amount, they'll make them. So Rapala really? will make those baits, and I because. I, because uh, Noose River Bait and Tackle was, was I could be wrong, but was getting these every year because they were ordering X amount and selling them out. So if you know if it becomes something, that'd be cool to do for this podcast is try to do an order if people wanted to get together and say, hey, let's order a bunch of these Twitch wraps. And uh, I can't personally order like a thousand, lure, a thousand of the same lure, but um, I would love to have some of those. I, I've had a couple. I caught some redfish on them too, fish and schooling redfish. That because they're just a slower fall. That's a spinning mm. bait. Those are yep. well. Do you do you ever fish hard baits for for redfish much, especially this time of year even? So, this time of year for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it'll be one of those things like it's just tied up already. Um, we we do a lot of. Uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for. We, I'm not often going to fish for one one thing all day. Right, right. Um, unless it's asked for. Yeah. Of course, I would do it at the end. But um, because of our area and the versatility it offers, it's, it's highly likely that if we do sight fish some reds or throw flies at reds, then we might spend the rest of the day trout fishing or whatever the tides depict. So a lot of times it's just kind of already tied up, so we end up throwing it, and it does really well. And I got into the conversation of, like, the other day like why do we why are we putting our mirror lures away in the summer like this bait especially the cats 2000 or bait similar to it um the mr9 i'm a big fan of the mr9 post front and um which is a real small glass metal looking oh non- yeah, yeah, yeah like non-threatening profile yeah. i love it after the front and stuff but anyway like those would be great search baits like Definitely. you can cover water it's flashy if the sun gets up and the top water bike dies or whatever in the summer, which I mean I'm pretty bad about throwing top water Dude. all day, <laughs> but um, like talking about tournament fishing earlier on that other episode, and on tournament day somebody's throwing top water. One of the two anglers is throwing top, top water the whole time yeah. for eight hours that day. Yeah. There's a there's a top water clicking back to the boat all day. Yeah, um, it's just a phenomenal search bait. It it's. I can't say enough good stuff about throwing a top water. Don't put them away. Right. But um, with that being said, I was like, why are we not searching water in the summertime with these mirror lures? They're flashy. You can you can yank them back under the water. You don't have to do the slow fall, obviously, in the summertime. But yeah, I definitely think I, I'm not doing it. I can't say that I, I can't attest to it. But I was just saying that the other day like we need to fish these more for redfish for sure that that's one thing i found especially you know you'll see fish especially this time of year when they're schooled up there'll be days where they're on the bottom there'll be days where they're floating like mid-water column up near the surface yeah and those days that they're floating but won't quite eat a top water man those like a like a 17 is such a deadly deadly bait for them because you can pop pop and just let it sit right there in front of their face and when they eat that thing dude (laughs) it is so aggressive yeah that does it. So that's actually, uh, and you might not totally agree with this or whatever, but something I like to do, and I tell a lot of my fly anglers to do, or sight fishing for that matter, if it's a gulp shrimp or or a um, a fly, once you once you get into 
well, also what I tell them is that what you're trying to do is put this lure fly, whatever, into this fish's strike zone. But you want it kind of leaving his strike zone by the time he realizes what it is. Right. Um, but what I tell him to do, as it's crossing this fish's nose or right here at a 45 of the fish, a good hard pop or even two good hard strips or whatever, that'll half the time, that'll, that's going to turn the fish. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Whether you get that commitment to the follow through, you know, is, is fishing. But right. I think two hard good pops, um, and I think a mirror lure would do that great. You, sure. Like you just said, you can you can turn that fish's head outside of the school or, or whatever. Um, but and to your point, a mirror lure would do that great because that thing will just roll almost like a menhaden will. Yeah, and, right and on walk, the side. You know? Yeah, and you can keep it at that level of the fish. Like mm-hmm. I feel like that's the biggest thing with with trout and redfish is like fishing at their depth, keep having a bait that's kind of staying at their depth the whole time, where they don't have to like change. If they're yep. suspending, they're not having to drop down to eat it. You know, mm-hmm. or they can come up and eat it or eat it at their level. And if they're on the bottom, like in the cold months when we're catching trout on soft plastics, like that's why soft plastic does so well because you can slow roll it across the bottom, you know, and keep it yep. there. So I find it harder too. Um, and that mirror though, again, would do this great. For some reason, I find it harder for floating fish to have them look down. But if a fish Definitely. was on the bottom, it's no problem for, and I think it's just the anatomy of the fish. But yeah. if somebody's retrieving and it falls too low, to get that lure back up in front of them without them getting freaked out and everything to go good is hard. It is. But if you're a little too high and you come across the fish, I think, A, there's a good chance he might still turn his head, but B, it's nothing just to stop, to stop moving. The lure's going to sink or the right. fly's going to sink. Right. But in a mirror lure, I feel like you would run into that less often because of the slow descent. For sure. For sure. It's, it's cool how there's all these different designs. and. Then you can get into jerk baits like slow sink, slow rise, floating. Like you have all these different ways that a bait can work through the water column, which can really play into, you know, you listen to some of the speckled trout or speckled truth stuff where they dot talk and like dive into jerk baits and whatnot. Yeah. Um, do you, you know, fish a lot of them? I do. I, I have a well, I have a lot of jerk baits. Yeah. I don't fish them as much as I should for the amount that I have that makes sense but no, it does. the days that that they that i pick up that right jerk bait like that's the thing i think about jerk baits man is i think with all the different approaches the slow sink slow rise floating you know lengthwise retreat mm-hmm. like weight wise there's there's a jerk bait for like almost every scenario and i yeah. feel like you can get a bite out of a trout with on a jerk bait pretty much any day if you play through those different types of baits and, and figure right. out what they want um, and even like this year, I was talking about this on the podcast the other day. Like I started slower during the tail end of the mullet run. I was fishing the lower Cape Fear River and watching trout blow up on mullet. Could not get them on a top water. Was slow rolling a swim bait. Couldn't get them on that. I started slow rolling uh, ripstop, which is a Rapala bait, mm-hmm. and like a mullet color and started smoking them. Like no pauses, no twitches, just throwing it out there and just reeling it straight back to the boat. And the trout were just freaking crushing it. But then I started fishing it like a jerk bait. Wouldn't get bit. It would had to be that like just steady, slow reel, like one one thousand is a one rotation. And I'd watch those fish come up behind it and just crush it, just like they were the mullet. So, dang, it was a uh, that was eye opening for me because I'm like a jerk bait. Right. You got to jerk it, you know. But you don't have to. You can just you right. can just right. slow slow roll it. So, um, do you yeah. fish jerk baits often? Um, no, I yes. I mean, I fish them. I have them in the box. Um, 
But just the other last week, matter of fact, I get back to the ramp and I was like, you're just kind of driving home and thinking about the day or whatever. And I'm like, why didn't I tie a jerkbait on today? <laughs> like, it was a day, and this goes into more like the fish being what they are. It should have been stupid bite. And it was a good bite, but it should have been on like right. crazy. Right. But we had to work for them and give them exactly what they wanted and stuff like that. And um, the guy I was fishing with, he mentioned it first, actually. He's like, well, why don't we fish a jerkbait? And I just kind of riding home with him, thinking about the same thing. I was like, dang the heck why didn't we put a turkey bait on so and i say that to say i don't fish them as much as i should right um but that goes back to me being hard-headed i mean i've got unlike a lot of trout fishermen you'll see going out with 30 rods tied up in every rod holder um i feel like i could go out with three rods and feel just fine yeah um, i'm with you on that i think you know three or four lures this is all you need for the day yeah you can figure out something out of three or four lures they're gonna eat yeah, but there's days that the guys with 30 rods and who, who who throw everything at them, they might do better than, you know what I mean? But um, trout fishing, I think, bulls down to a grind sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know they're under you. You know they're there. Um, I'm not a big uh, electronics guy. Like, I just got a little Simrad Cruise 9 that doesn't do anything special. But um, And maybe if I had these electronics, I would think differently. But um, I think you've got to put your work in and, and dial these fish in and when they're going to eat and and if you're in, in front of them and you know they're there then you've got to grind it out and you might make 200 casts into the same hole retrieve it the same way and finally get that right and it's just, this is true for big trout fishing as what i'm really getting at not necessarily maybe not the smaller fish if you're looking out to catch looking to catch numbers this might not be the, the yeah. truth but for big trout there's a good chance you'll have to sit in one hole and cast a hundred times and eventually it might be that he's tired of seeing that lure come over his head and he'll eat i don't know what it is but i think that's trout fishing yeah um and it is it's it's desiring to work for that big bite yeah yeah i think the guy with 30 baits may not have that you know he might try his 30 baits and you know not not put the right bait in front of the right fish the right number of times so right right that's a, that's a lot of uh, factors it's, it's, it's so many factors it's like why do we do this why do we like yeah. this <laughs> let alone make a profession at it what are we thinking i know i know it's uh, I, i'm that's when we start talking like that that's when i'm like thank god for redfish <laughs> dude they're so honest man they're honest. They're, that's what i love about them they're, they're, if you nine times out of ten if you're sneaky enough to put a lure in front of a fish and he has no idea where it comes from that red fish is going to eat yeah. i mean I, I i love that aspect of them but um yeah but again like we said it keeps the trout kind of spicy keeps us coming back definitely most definitely well is there any other words of wisdom for wintertime trout fishing that you want to leave people with slow down slow down yeah that's like if it. anything I, I say that it's 65 degree water temp right now um yeah don't put your top waters away for one um and then and even i mean I, I tell the story i was actually fishing an old charity tournament with my old man one time and uh water temp was in like 47 48 pretty cold yeah um and we had caught four fish of 18 inch size and i was like we need better fish so i throw the top water around and he's like hey man what are you doing and he's like it's cold and you know and sure enough man we start getting blow-ups but they were on long pauses like yeah twitch 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 and you can stop and eat a nab and then <laughs> you're getting the blow up so yeah don't put your top waters away just slow them down yeah. and um, 
I'm the world's worst of uh, retrieving too fast, especially if I start telling you what I think is an exciting story or something like that. Right. Start talking Next too thing, much. Like, I don't mean to be rude, but, I mean, I got to I got to fish. Yeah, when I'm trout fishing, I don't talk very much when I'm with, you know, a buddy yeah. or whatnot. I mean, I, there'll be times when I, when I talk, but it, it, a lot of times when you're working with those bites, you got to sit there and really focus on what you're doing. And it's not to be rude. It's just because if we're going to yeah. be out here doing this, I might as well be focusing on trying to catch a big fish. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. trying to manipulate my rod to make this lure look a certain way, you know what I mean? Right, and right. for a one-track, hard-headed self, you know, like myself, then I've, I need every bit of attention I've got in my body. Right. So every fiber of my being is focused on this little piece of mirror lure. So Heck, yeah. And I get the same way. Oh, sweet, dude. Well, thank you for coming on. You guys, like I said, uh, definitely go check out Ozzy. I'll have his stuff linked in here. If you want to see some other podcast episodes that aren't out on, on YouTube or on the podcast platforms, check out our Patreon page. We put out extra content every week there. Uh, it's a great way to support the show, and we're very thankful for our patrons over there. Um, also, we're much more likely to quickly get back to your questions. Um, another thing, too, if y'all, I was thinking, me and Ozzy also recorded a mini episode about boats and what kind of boats we like, but if you want us to do any type of um, evaluate if you got a boat you're interested in you want us to you know do a little short mini episode talking about those boats going through and looking at some pictures talking about our opinions of those boats the the the, uh, the pluses and the drawbacks pluses and minuses uh, we would be happy to do that so if you have if, if that interests any of y'all that are listening to this podcast hit us up let us know what kind of boat you want us to go over and we'll try to do some some mini episodes about that um, or, or maybe put them before or after a, a podcast subject so thank you all so much for your support here go give Ozzy a, a follow on Instagram Hey, actually, real quick, Ozzy, before we finish this up, I think I don't. I I tried to go off of memory on your lower third here. Is it Marker Twenty Three Charters? Is that your Instagram? No. Okay, then then if you were looking at that on here, you guys, that was completely wrong. So what is it? It's exactly? a C A P T underscore. I'm an idiot. Ozzy, O Z Z Y. I'm an okay. idiot. Let's see here. I'm, I'm going to change it right now, just here at the end, for people that need to see it. C A P T. Underscore. Underscore. Ozzy. Ozzy. Underscore. Sweet. Underscore. Now we've got it. Guys, thanks for checking out. Whoa, making it real big. I'm just going to put it across your whole face here. Do it. Uh, thanks for checking us out today, you guys. We will see you all next week. Talk to you soon. Later. Bye.